everyone. Welcome to So What'd You Think? I'm your host, Nicholas Ledoux. For those of you who don't know, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on to talk about a movie we've just seen for the first time and give our immediate reactions to it. Today, we are talking about Luca, which is a 2021 Pixar movie. Uh, this is the 24th Pixar movie that they've had. Um, and this is the second Pixar movie that we've done. Uh, about two weeks ago, we did Monsters University, which is a movie that I had never seen until recently. This was all kind of leading up to the new Pixar movie that is coming out in less than two weeks, which is called Elemental. So we're kind of hyping that up. Um, today, joining me is my friend Zoe, um, and they're calling in from the UK. Welcome, Zoe. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah. It's like an eight hour time difference right now. So Hell yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like 9.30 my time, but it's, what, 5.30 p.m.? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Glad we could make this work. I just had, on the last episode, my dad came on, and he was on, like, a work trip, and he was in Indonesia. Oh, cool. So it was, like, a 14-hour time difference. So Oh, my gosh. It's quickly become an international podcast, which is fun. <laughs> I, it's, it's a new thing I'm trying. Damn, um, I thought I had something special. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, you got your beat, I guess. But for those who are unfamiliar with this movie, the synopsis of it, um, it's set in the Italian Riviera. Uh, it's centered on the character Luca, who's played by Jacob Tremblay. He is a young sea monster uh, who is also able to transform as a human uh, when he goes on land. And he lives in the town of Porto Rosso with his best friends uh, that he meets Alberto and Julia. Um, and it's pretty much just a coming of age movie kind of follows similar tropes and uh, beats to a coming of age movie. But Zoe, what, what did you think? Kind of big picture thoughts. My big picture thoughts is this was a film that had been on my watch list for ages, but I was basically kind of skeptical of it. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised. I really had a blast with this movie. Um, it was right up my street. I don't know why I thought otherwise, to be honest, because I'm a big fan of the sea, water anything in that kind of realm um but I think for me it, it nailed the coming of age thing which um I think can be a surprisingly hard thing to do now that we've had so many especially in the kind of animated world I would say um so yeah big thumbs up from me what about you <laughs> yeah I liked it too um I, I generally like all the Pixar movies and I love a good coming of age movie so yeah I mean it, it looks like great and like I think the the story of it was like pretty it hits so many familiar beats i think like pixar's kind of playing it safe i guess mm. or i don't know it's just treading used water i guess um but i think it's, <laughs> it's it's still really good and it was entertaining and it like has all the the like emotional tugs that a lot of their movies are known for and yeah i love yeah. i love the italian influence on it like it felt grounded in like a real culture and worlds that a lot of the other movies don't always have totally yeah you know that's actually a good description like it is a bit like um i don't know the used bathwater of pixar or something but i actually <laughs> think that's why i really liked it because i've become a bit tired of the like slightly overwrought um like style and story content that i feel like the recent pixar films have so to watch a film where it was like telling a single story and it did kind of harken back for me also, like Finding Nemo is one of the main Pixars that I grew up watching. Same. And I was like, oh yeah, they do this so well. I really don't mind going back to this kind of level of um, world building and storytelling where it isn't a metaphor about like death. 
Um, <laughs> not that that's inherently bad, um, but I think it can get a bit overcomplicated for me. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point and a good segue too to just talking about like your relationship to Pixar as a whole. Because for me, Finding Nemo is also kind of one of my favorites, and I've seen that one like countless times. And there's a lot of like parallels, especially like earlier on when they're kind of showing like the fish world. And so I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, this is very much like late stage Pixar. This is like very recent and it's kind mm. of surrounded by like a mixture of like these franchise movies they've been doing, which are like increasingly less original <laughs> with I think some of the sequels. And then also these like kind of unique news stories like Onward and like Coco, I guess. Coco was kind of a better one. Mm. Um but yeah, some of these other like the good dinosaur and then soul and like these these darker ones. So yeah. there's there's kind of a, a weird mishmash <laughs> that they're kind of throwing a lot at the wall now. But um what's what's your kind of relationship? Do you care about Pixar anymore? Like when a new one comes out, do you care to see it? I think like a lot of these kind of I mean, I almost see Pixar in itself as like this bigger extended franchise not that the films are actually all connected like that one theory but um (laughs) I think like a lot of franchises I've I've felt a bit like burned um because I definitely grew up with Pixar like much more than kind of classic Disney I don't really remember watching those as much um but like I think of Finding Nemo for sure was probably the main one along with uh Monsters Inc and The Incredibles which I think are some of my just all-time favorite movies because they set up these worlds, they set up really strong, like unique characters, and they're also incredibly funny. Like when I think of those films now and when I rewatch them, I'm always surprised that they really get an actual laugh out of me, which I'm not sure was the case with this one, but um what <laughs> you mentioned like Soul, and I think that was one that I definitely uh when when I came to watch that, it sort of I don't know it, it changed my opinion a bit and I, I think it came around the same time as you were saying as those sequels and I think all of that basically made me feel like they they've lost a bit of the like magic touch that they had at the beginning when I feel mm. like everything was new everything was original I mean sorry I feel like the point I'm making isn't exactly new or fresh but no. in the past couple of years I've basically fallen off like really keeping up to date so I haven't mm-hmm. seen Onward um and yeah i kind of agree with you i think that's kind of generally the the consensus i think with pixar is that they've somewhat fallen off um i mean there's still the animation's still incredible but even yeah. even the style of animation is kind of dull to me in a way I, like it's still really impressive but it's so um like copy and paste almost to each mo- each pixar movie now um specifically when they like show human characters like it's just got this like sheen yes. on, on humans that I just don't find that particularly interesting especially like having seen like I just saw Spider-Man across the universe like the other day oh, yeah which is just like doing really groundbreaking stuff with animation just making it so much more visually interesting and like pushing the boundaries which is what Pixar I feel like was known for and now it feels like they've like settled into this like comfortable yeah and it's interesting because I do feel like with them being part of a Disney company, like I do feel like they have become like increasingly sanitized um, with their content and with the look of it overall. But I I think it's also maybe specifically a Pixar problem because I can't remember the name of it, but there's a new Disney movie coming out that I saw the trailer for. And I was like, oh, they're clearly doing a, 
it's not as like radical as as this animated Spider-Man movies, but they've clearly been influenced by that style and the blend of sort of like 2D and 3D styles. Um, So it's interesting to see like Disney kind of realizing that they might not want all of their animated characters to look exactly the same. And Pixar definitely feels a bit like trapped in that, this thing they've kind of invented for themselves. Right. Even that like theory of like they're all connected, I think lends itself yeah. to like <laughs> maintaining the style between all of the movies, which, yeah, it, it, I mean, there's like, I think the new one that's coming out is going to be like the 27th, I think, Pixar movie, which is <laughs> just insane. They've, <laughs> they've like developed their own like little Marvel universe almost or something. There's, yeah. like, it, there's an extended kind of style and people have expectations i think going into pixar movies the other thing about pixar movies is they're like they're known to be really sad now which is not yeah something <laughs> <laughs> which is not something they always used to be and they now they deal like they feel like they almost need to deal with heavier themes and like the most memeable example is soul because it's so it's literally dealing with death and it's like not even a children's movie at, at points um but yes i thought and i sorry i just have a real problem with that because i feel like <laughs> There's this kind of like implication that like, firstly, maybe that kids movies haven't dealt with death in the past. Like, I'm sorry, I also grew up watching Bambi. That definitely was one of the like <laughs> Disney movies I watched a lot growing up. Sure. And also, I think this idea that you have to like over explain things to kids, but it's like, it doesn't have to be a metaphor on top of a metaphor. Um and I think, yeah, you're, anyway, there's just such a good point that like, <laughs> yeah. they've sort of become known for this thing. And now they're like, trying to do it way too head on in my opinion but it's like look at like studio ghibli movies too they often deal with like loss and i think that is an important part of like children's media um but it's frustrating to see it done in in such a way where yeah sometimes it can go overboard and not even be like not even feel like a kind of family film um which i I don't know i think it's an important like genre of like product that nowadays is like a bit in flux because we have like superhero films, which are sort of supposed to be for everyone. Um, but I don't think it has that same like heartwarming feel um, as a Pixar movie. And and nor does, um, I don't really know if like Super Mario Bros or something like that, that, that doesn't seem to be like such an exciting prospect. <laughs> right. I don't know, compared to the like original Pixar movies. Um, anyway, that's such a tangent, but um, no, yeah. I think about I think about that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stuff in there. Pixar, I think, has lost that innocence and like that that originality, I think, that it used to have. And now, especially with tone in terms of like family style versus adult content, like I don't think they know where to meet anymore. I think for a while, what was cool about Pixar and like Toy Sto- the Toy Story movies especially was like they kind of grew up with the audience. And like you could extend that to like Soul or like Inside Out or you know the characters the kids the mm-hmm. target audience is getting older soul is a real example where he's like a middle-aged man he's not even a child in that movie but uh, <laughs> so true. Yeah. but then there's also these sequels and they started doing like cars 2 and we're going into all the pixar movies but there is this tendency to be like really kid friendly and like only for kids like a cars 2 and then there's like soul and there's this extreme and then there's like mm. this weird middle that luca is doing where i don't think it's it's trying to be simplistic. Like it, it does feel like stripped down kind of how like you were saying, like it's like a finding Nemo. Like it does feel a little more like A to B, here's the plot. I don't know if I'm just like in a mood right now of being like easily pleased, <laughs> but it definitely is on the more simplistic side. Like I don't think anyone watching it is going to miss the sort of like 
oh they're different society doesn't accept them and and that kind of I, I think that message is pretty like spoon fed to us I also felt like and maybe this was to do with also a slightly different setting to what I'm used to from Pixar. It, it kind of was redolent to me a bit of Studio Ghibli films, which I love and which I think tend to be of like a pretty superior quality to American animated movies for kids. Yeah. Um, in that it was like creating this like lush setting. And I liked that it was kind of in this like slightly anachronistic time and um, I like that it was kind of using mythology. I guess if it was a Ghibli movie, there would have been a bit more about like environmentalism and like protecting the seas sure. or something. Um, but anyway, I don't really know where I'm going with that point, but I think I just enjoyed it for what it was, essentially. <laughs> I agree. What you just said kind of made me think like, I mean, this is like owned just by such a large corporation of Disney too. Like there was this one line near the end of the movie, they were like racing against the bad guy and the, the girl Julia was like, I'm going to take uh, down the evil yeah. institution of injustice or whatever and then pushes him over. Like my point is it, it just feels very ingenuine whenever they try to shoehorn in. Like, right. like if they tried to put an environmental issue thing, it, it would just be like, but you're Disney and you hate the environment. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it would, it would feel like so fake. I, yeah, that's actually such a good point. And they fed that line to that poor character a few <laughs> times where she's she's clearly meant to be sort of like railing against the system, but like what system? It's, it's <laughs> right. always so unclear in these movies. Yeah. And and of course, this idyllic town is completely separated from any sense of like wider like economy and like there's no geopolitics in this <laughs> world. There's just the sea, which is completely untainted by pollution and um, the, the beautiful little town. And of course, it's interesting when they kind of get into exploring the idea of like cities and like trains and things out there. But um, that the environment that they're in is very almost hilariously unproblematic. And <laughs> right. I was just reading about how Julia was like meant to be gay which is funny because I searched into Google. I mean, it auto-filled for me, is Luca gay? <laughs> After I typed in, is Luca? And um, one of the things that came up was actually she was meant to be gay, mm. but they didn't know how to do it without putting her in a romantic situation, um, which is like, okay, whatever. I'm not really sure we need to like know the sexuality of the child character anyway. Right. But it, it actually makes sense now thinking about it a bit more deeply that they were trying to make her like, edgy and cool and they just didn't know how to do it whether it was making her like vaguely political or gay <laughs> i think that's a great point and i think the, them avoiding geopolitics and then also is there gay representation in this movie are they is disney even trying i, I think disney actually came out and was like luca is not gay like they said that after because like twitter kind of blew up and was like oh this is a mm -hmm. gay love story um I haven't actually heard that Julia was supposed to be gay, which is interesting too. But it's funny that they then came out and were like, no, like we, yeah. we are not doing something <laughs> like interesting or provocative. <laughs> this is just, uh, this is just a kid's movie. I, this is like a point I was thinking about when I was watching the movie, which is because that was very much my, that's basically what I'd heard about the movie going into it was like mermaids or whatever they are and uh gay <laughs> but usually i think that's partly why i didn't come to this film for a while i i really do like um there's something in me that wants to rebel against when disney uses the kind of pr machine to say there are gay characters in this this is a gay movie and weirdly even though i knew they'd said it wasn't gay i kind of assumed that this was all part of their master plan was to sort of 
put out there that it's a gay movie, officially say that it's not, but therefore gain the support of the queer community. And I was like, mm. fuck that. I'm not watching your stupid gay, not gay movie. Um, <laughs> and then I came to it and I actually thought, for once, I kind of think it, it, this is an example to me of, of a movie that at the very least you could re- read in a queer way. Like that, that metaphor to me is specifically in there and it's not just that they're different. I, I do feel like that is probably one of the intentions behind the filmmakers and and absolutely without a doubt just since it's been put out in the world I think it has it's gained those connotations that I don't think it could ever shake them off um and I think that is a pretty nice thing for a kid's movie yeah yeah I think you're you're right I think there is the totally cynical read that this is probably all part of Disney's master plan and uh denying it but letting it like the rumors kind of circulate Mm -hmm. um I think that's super true. But while at the same time, I think the director who this is like his first movie and he's Italian American and he had did like one other short. But I think because of that, I think like this probably is somewhat autobiographical or like it's got to be based on like some passion or real experiences. I, I would hope that there's like some authenticity to the story or somewhat and that even if he's not outright like calling it a gay story I they're like yeah it, it's there and it's it's laid like enough where children unconsciously can kind of pick that up or like you know it's still universal where it, it could be about your best friend but mm-hmm. it also this could be <laughs> more than that um and I don't know maybe leaving it ambiguous is better in a way um because it, it still allows like queer people to be seen in movies like as a as a child that's like was something that was like non-existent when I was growing up and like mm-hmm. that, that would be cool I, it would also be cool if it was like more outright but it I would be more held back by the idea that this is a Disney movie um and that Disney is now making a gay movie after 27 other movies or whatever you know I think I would almost be more caught up by that if they were outright being like this is the gay movie yeah I mean I actually think it's funny because we are so caught up all of the time in these discussions around representation and I don't want to um, undo or argue with any of that, like far from it. But I actually, when I think about the queer movies that I love and the, especially the movies that deal, deal with like um, like kind of queer childhood, I, I'm not sure it necessarily is correct to put like, or, or, or at least like stylistically for the best to have kids like, depicted in like romantic relationships when they're like what 10 like of course that's something you can explore um sorry I'm like hedging way too much (laughs) I just think for me this is better queer representation than a kiss in a background shot of bloody light year or whatever it was you know uh I that to me is galling and actually does nothing to like support like the representation of queer people um whereas like you said I feel like this is the kind of movie that like a kid would be able to absorb um certain messages of like acceptance from and I think that's a much more powerful thing at the end of the day um yeah long way of saying that but yeah <laughs> yeah I, especially compared to like the light year you know just having a gay character in the background that, that's that is like complete virtual signaling. That is just Disney being like, yeah. we're trying to be more inclusive. But you know, that's like meaningless towards the plot. What I think Luca is what's made that so interesting. It's like the themes 
of like like a first queer love but then also like mm -hmm. coming out to like a community that doesn't accept you like those themes are baked into the movie and that's like really if you like broke down the core of the movie i think it's it parallels that like story of like a, a queer person kind of coming out or like finding love for the first time or acceptance or mm -hmm. whatever you know like and those are also universal ideas so i think it's almost like it's taking it's it feels like it's almost taking like the, the queer experience and like making it more universal by like taking out the the romance of it or like the the explicit nature of it it's hard because like now yeah i'm thinking about that and and what i just said and i'm thinking well i hate the idea that like a queer coming of age story has to like pander to everyone and be like yeah sanitized or censored in that way where we can't see a first like queer romance in, in such a way that it's like kind of being presented towards kids but I just think like coming to this movie if I could without the huge context of Disney and Pixar I, I wonder what I would make of it because I think I think it is pretty heartwarming and I think it to me does like what it set out to do hopefully um is the is the director queer is that what you were saying before uh i i don't i don't know so i don't want to put yeah, words yeah. in his mouth but I, yeah it is like his directorial debut and I, I feel like they've been doing that more recently where it, like coco i think was similar and uh turning red was also like a directorial debut oh, yeah and like very autobiographically like influenced I, that seems to be kind of like a thing they're doing now too so I would like to believe he is. I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You're right. Like and actually all three of those movies are clearly to me like the best of the recent Pixar outings. Like Turning Red I really really loved. Um even though it went a bit like superhero-y I felt towards the end with like Big Panda, Bigger Panda showdown. Um but I it, it had an extremely like fresh voice to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm glad they're like giving voices to like other filmmakers and not just using the same like white guys that were making the early movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's 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 kind of go a little more into the the movie yeah, sorry. itself. Oh, <laughs> um, no, that's good. I'm glad we talked about that. I think that's like super important and like is so much of the discourse around this movie is like its lack of or inclusion of queer representation i think that's super interesting too so um but i mean this movie is like really enjoyable too and like let's talk about some of that too i loved the the parents a lot <laughs> like i loved their whole subplot of them like going out into the real world and then just like pushing kids into water yeah. <laughs> to try and find their son that was really funny i also loved the joke that the dad said um, when he, it was like really subtle, but it was like when he passed by, they're looking for their kid and they, they passed by like a movie poster of like a sea monster. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, Luca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was such an interesting um, part because like we obviously know that uh, within the like history of the town, like they they hate the sea monsters or they, they fear the sea monsters. But then to see that there's like this kind of, that does point to the like a wider world beyond just the town. And it's like, the mythologizing of these sea creatures and I was like it, it's interesting I think in like societies and cultures at large how like we can like have these like for instance like people in society who we, who we fear or don't understand or whatever but they'll be a part of our culture they're so like also intrinsically entwined so that might be reading a bit too much into it but I did love that no, I bit. love that yeah I think <laughs> that's super true I mean it, it's really subtle and quick but like it does nod to this like idea that the the real world people know about these sea monsters enough to then like form media about it and there's like 
content about like what they think of these sea monsters and is that accurate representation that for him that that's a realistic sea monster and i agree that i think the voice acting really stood out to me like immediately that it wasn't i mean i know there's like known people doing the voices but it didn't feel like um just that you know sometimes you see it in like trailers like the list of celebrities it didn't really feel like it was a celebrity's voice just for the sake of that like the casting felt good and um and immediately the parents I was like oh these are good these are good Disney parents like they actually have like (laughs) characteristics um it's not just like pop mom and like macho dad um it Mm -hmm. it played with that kind of formula a little more yeah yeah, yeah, I, I like the parents. I mean, they're they're funny, and I I enjoyed like the cutaways a lot. I think it was like a really refreshing subplot. Um, about the voice casting though, I, like it, it is interesting to me. I was I was trying to look at this up on like IMDb after the movie because some of the cast is American, and like, yeah. so Jacob Trenley, like all the sea monsters is kind of what I pieced together are American. Like him and his parents. His parents are paid by uh, Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan, so like very American people. Right, and then, right. <laughs> Um, and then even Alberto is also American. And so, but then I was like, okay, so that's kind of interesting because then everyone else is Italian. All the other actors in the in the movie are Italian. So it's like, oh, there's like this disconnect between like American and Italian and the Americans are like sea monsters. But then also Julia was American. So yeah, it, that's where I'm confused. <laughs> it did seem to me that there was a clear, like you could tell based on the voices whether they were like a main character or not because right. all the main characters had these very clear American accents. And uh, that was a little strange given like, I, I, I don't really know, I guess it makes sense for, for Disney to pull a move like that. Um, but yeah. even watching it in the context of like another English speaking country, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> but <laughs> I got over it relatively quickly. Um, but the fact that they were speaking in Italian, which was lovely, um yeah and then would like revert back to the american accents i think that was the thing that was like well that's a choice (laughs) but yeah i actually i loved and i love in movies generally when they do this when they don't have subtitles for like non-english parts of the movie especially when you like don't necessarily need to know what they say in this movie because like there are several lines and there's like one that's like kind of a run through through the movie of what alberto says he greets someone which i think is like some italian phrase probably but i kind of like not knowing necessarily what that is like it's it's made for italians (laughs) in a way like it's giving extra nods and like but it feels more authentic too in a way and i think it's it's cool for like children to maybe grow up watching animated movies like they're not picking up everything already so to throw in other languages and to like imbue this like bilingual quality to it or like just more like global incorporating other cultures instead of just like them all being american with italian accents and there's no italian in the movie at all like that's actually yeah that's true and uh yeah i definitely found myself wondering like how would this read to an italian audience but i hope that it would be in the way that you just said that it would actually feel a little more authentic rather than yeah the whole the thing of everyone speaking in some kind of accent for the entire film yeah yeah right i, I would be really curious to know like i have a couple of uh, friends from italy I, I would be curious to know what they think of this movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like there's so much like inappropriate like representation of italians too in culture <laughs> we're just like disrespectful i think um and so, but I think this is like genuine and it's also made by like an Italian American. Yeah. I saw it, it it felt pretty 
genuine to me. It felt like the Italian Riviera, but you know, I'm also, I don't, I don't really know. So I, I would be <laughs> This movie reminded me of a couple other movies too that I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, two very different movies. One, I think it, it reminds me of Ratatouille, which I don't want to talk about other Pixar movies too much, but I think there is an interesting parallel about uh, someone who is quote, like not human who desperately wants to enter a human world and then is like in disguise and like not being himself, but um, is like all of a sudden can inhabit that world, um, but is like hiding a core part of himself. And then that comes out. I think, you know, that, that parallels the monster that he is and in, in, in this world and just, yeah, a lot of similar themes, a lot of like parallels to like French culture versus Italian culture too. Or like, this is one of the <laughs> only kind of Pixar movies that like kind of sets itself in a real place and tries to mm. like incorporate real culture into it. Yeah. So I think there's that one, there's that parallel. And then I'm also going to throw this other movie. I think there's a lot of parallels to like call me by your name too, <laughs> which like has those similar, like kind of gay themes. And it's also set in Italy, but it's going for like this, like kind of nostalgic coming of age story that is like yeah. present in a lot of earlier movies. And I, I imagine he's just like, the director's influence by that um yeah well, what do you yeah. think about those those connections <laughs> i think it's interesting because i wasn't thinking about um either of those movies although i i guess call me by your name yes just because it kind of <laughs> has to be um but sure. i feel like this is a film which basically it it does seem to like purposefully or not i don't know but it recalls many movies and it clearly is um like aspiring to this like sense of nostalgia that it wants to create in its audience for a film that you're only just watching and I think it does kind of do that by um like using these little hints and sort of call outs like at the beginning I was actually thinking of Jaws which obviously tonally is so different but <laughs> they re- repeatedly call them the sea monster yeah um, and then like monster the- in the bay of like a town too yeah yeah and there's the like movie poster. So I do feel mm. like that was somewhere. I mean, certainly with the like the like ominous music at the beginning and the kind of fin and whatever. Um, sure. But I don't actually think that's like such an interesting comparison to make. I just noticed from this get go uh, that I was being made to think about other each movies, sea related things. Certainly what you said about like Ratatouille the Remy being like a rat looked down upon by society and desperately <laughs> right. wanting to be a part of like the human world. It also made me think of the little mermaid because obviously the live action remake is coming out now. And I did really like the sort of, I think seeing any kind of like metamorphosis on screen is like a uniquely satisfying thing. And I did like how in this movie, I felt like there was an extended period of, Oh, Luca has to learn how to walk, how to ride a bicycle. Like, um, it actually kind of grappled with those things in a way that I was like, I, I don't remember. I haven't seen The Little Mermaid in a while, but from memory, she just kind of <laughs> does it, you know, <laughs> like she kind of right. knows how to walk. The story revolves around an, uh, other sets of problems. Um, but with this, like you're actually seeing like these kind of young characters like have to go through physical changes. And I, I thought it was really neat how they like rolled that into the plot. Yeah, that's also like really relatable for like a child watching this because that's like something they probably more recently went through is like learning to walk and learning how to be a human. Um, Yeah. So like to pick that experience. Yeah, I think that's that's cool. 
I think the larger question about like comparing it to all of these other movies is like, does this bother you? Like, did you feel like this is mm. like treading new ground or were you able to kind of just like turn your brain off and be like, this is just a fun coming of age movie and I, I haven't seen anything like this. You know, I mostly <laughs> did find it pretty like easy to escape into, um, pretty enjoyable. Um, but I, do, I don't think I thought, oh, this is completely new. I thought, oh, it's Finding Nemo, it's Little Mermaid, it's, it's all these things rolled into one. And I think it, it worked for the movie because like I said, I, I do feel like that feeling of like nostalgia and looking back to this sort of like idyllic, prepubescent, don't know if that's too far, um, time in all of our lives. Obviously that's watching it as like an adult. And then I think um, for a kid, hopefully it would create that sense of like wonder but now that I'm talking about it, I actually wonder if, like, I don't know if there's more interest, but I guess there are these elements to the film which um, are only really accessible when you watch it, like, older. But then I would hope that it would be, like, as enjoyable for kids. Um, I still think that's, like, the point. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it definitely succeeds in, like, being a, a kid's movie and, like, very enjoyable for kids. I think what I'm just grappling with is, is I'm, I'm watching this as an adult. I, and so mm-hmm. maybe if I watch this like when I watched Finding Nemo for the first time when I was four or whatever, then maybe I would have this like longer lasting connection with this movie. But watching this purely as an adult, I'm like just seeing all the things that they're stealing or not stealing, but inspired by or, you know, whatever from other movies and just being like, what's the point of this? And like, Mm -hmm. while it's very enjoyable and like, yeah it's it's very enjoyable and i love watching it and i I think it's an interesting story i like the italian culture but there is this like (laughs) back (laughs) back of my mind like nagging at me like why is this um, maybe i'm just being too cynical and just should be quiet and (laughs) watch a kid's movie but (laughs) why does it exist I, i think that is a really good point because like any movie borrows from other movies you can't make a movie without referencing the fact that there's a whole history of cinema but like when i watch something like finding nemo even now I am completely taken into a new world, a new set of circumstances. And this doesn't really manage to do that. It makes all these references without being without being able to be greater than the sum of its parts, which I think like a truly great movie would be able to, even with all these references. Sure. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. Yeah, all movies do that to an extent. So maybe I'm just getting particularly like upset about this, but it doesn't really bother me. And it was still like, I think if I did watch it as a kid, though, I, th- I think I would like it more or it would maybe stick with me longer. In particular, like what I think one of the, the movie does best, and there is a couple of like really visually interesting scenes, um, particularly like the dream sequences or like moments where he like imagines like a life with his new friends or something and it's it's like Luca and Alberto riding a bike together and they're they're the the stars are fish or whatever because that's what they imagine like the world to be and there is this like capturing the sense of wonder that I actually think they did really well in this movie so I think watching this as a kid like I would be really in awe of like those scenes in particular a hundred percent and those I was kind of in awe of those movies as an uh, of those parts <laughs> of the movie as an adult in terms of like when the stars became fish, I felt like it was gesturing towards a much more, an even more creative film that it could have been, or at least there were these glimmers of like a, a slightly more otherworldly, imaginative um, form of storytelling. And I, I think the story works perfectly well as it is, but 
exploring kind of Luca's dream world even more could have been cool if there was a way to like make it relevant to the plot and all of that but yeah it did it did kind of feel like an addition like in a way like it almost could have yeah the movie existed without it and then they were like we need like some other wow factor you know like that's true like yeah and while I did really like I think it deserves to be in the movie it's not like totally shoehorned in but it is a little like non-essential to the plot in a way that some other like really wow factor sequences in other movies other Pixar movies have had but I did also like really love that dream sequence like after him and Julia like hang out like one-on-one and she shows him like the the universe and like uh, you know astronomy and all this stuff and he's finding that so interesting and then they he goes into the the stars again now knowing their stars and then he like lands on like Saturn's rings and that like yes. particular image was like really cool and the music like swelled and uh really cool scene and like I think it captures the excitement over like education or like learning and like the sense of like wonder just like you know learning about the universe for the first time would be like really crazy and so like and I think they kind of visually captured that that feeling pretty well yeah I completely agree like those are definitely for me some of the the best bits or you know the bits where I was most like taken up into the like the overall feeling of the film yeah I'm curious what you think too like about the like education part of this movie and like how important the theme of like wanting to go to school is it's hard not to think like that's just hilarious like propaganda (laughs) for kids um like like eat your greens level um but (laughs) I I did honestly enjoy it like I I did find myself um kind of moved by this little kid who was just so into books and I think the reason it worked for me <laughs> on a on a like story level was that on the other hand Alberto is not like that so it's not presented as this kind of like universal thing necessarily sure. in a way it's kind of the thing that comes between the two of them and then they like reconcile by like understanding that each of them like has differences um but I, I did find it interesting that it was like heavily implied that I think he's called Massimo the dad was becoming a father figure to Alberto, which he obviously like sorely needs. But I felt like his character development was a little bit like shunted um, and like put to one side in favor of Lucas. And I I did myself end up feeling like, yeah, I am kind of pissed off that like Lucas like reading all these books because I kind of also want to see what Alberto is up to. I mean, I guess he's just fishing, which maybe we don't need to see like more of, but (laughs) I felt like that was all dealt with like kind of off screen this like relationship between the two of them I don't know what you thought about that yeah I mean it's definitely from Luca's perspective I guess (laughs) you know he's the title character but you know (laughs) but I think that's a great point I I mean I think like yeah we're we're definitely missing key moments of like Alberto's backstory or just like what he's kind of up to and his thought process he's kind of tossed aside as like the one who just doesn't care to learn which is maybe like unfair (laughs) of his character um, and like the one who just stays in the town, like, yeah. and while Luca goes off to go do bigger things and he, he kind of stays. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I totally had, had thoughts about that. I mean, nothing really completely set in stone, but I sure. wanted to ask you, like, do you feel like Luca is the one who's really assimilating into society and like Alberto is the like kind of part of Luca that has to be like ultimately mm-hmm. rejected in order for Luca to be welcomed. And it's like, because I think it's really fascinating that Luca points at Alberto and says, you're a sea monster and, and joins 
the rest of the t- of the town and kind of yeah. outing him and othering him in this gesture, which I was genuinely like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a really interesting interpretation of it that, (laughs) like, Alberto's maybe not even, like, doesn't need to be a real person. Like, he, you know, like, I think he can be, to an extent, like, just uh, an extension of of Luca's, like, character and his, like, growth and him learning to not just other that part of himself, but to, like, learn a love and accept that, but then be able to separate himself. Like, he does move on from it. Um, mm-hmm. it almost feels like, yeah, he could be like separating himself from like the, the childhood he grew up with as being a sea monster. And now he's accepted into this like more nuanced adult. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think to circle back to the, like the school thing, I definitely didn't mind the fact that education was a theme and that Luca was discovering that he really liked to learn things, but I was quite, I think quite it might even be too strong. I was a little surprised that the film ended on the note of oh yeah, he's going to school, he's gonna live in the human world basically as a human, like other than when he gets in the shower or whatever. Because to me, I I was definitely expecting a reconciliation between his um, sea monster side and human side. And I was expecting to find a bit more of a combination of those things in whatever state we left him in. And instead it felt like, oh no, he doesn't need to be a sea monster. He can actually just... Um, put on a mask for the rest of his life and he'll be perfectly happy and nothing bad will ever happen I don't know (laughs) that's a great point I think you're right to an extent I mean (laughs) the only thing that's like pointing against that is like as he's going away on the train like it starts raining and then he turns into a sea monster so it's like and that might be the last shot so it's like okay that part of him is still there but it does feel more like he looks off at the water like nostalgically as if like (laughs) this is a that was a chapter of my life that has ended and he's like moving away from this core part of himself of like being the sea monster because you're right like he's not going to be able to function in the human world and also like just because a small town like learned to accept sea monsters as people doesn't mean the world is going to do that and it's a big leap at the end of the movie to kind of jump all of a sudden to yeah he's just going to be a human and that's that's right and like the message is like those people should adapt to the world that we live in instead of yes. humans kind of learning to accept. Like there was less of like humans need to learn to love sea monsters than it, it kind of should have been. Like the, just the, that ending note of him driving away on the train and like this is the future. Kind of, It does leave like a weird, but nothing's resolved. Like what do you mean? <laughs> like yeah. Which maybe it's a setting up for a sequel, but I, I hope not. <laughs> I know. I hope not too but um yeah it definitely like those last few shots i thought were very interesting and raised a lot of questions and i i often find myself like in that kind of position of like i know i'm probably reading too much into it but um i i think it is interesting um like what kind of like lies beneath the surface of these kids movies no i think i think it's all valid i mean like adults are making these movies adults yeah <laughs> are putting themes like this into it i think that's super valid what i do think is interesting about like his relationship with alberto too is that it does kind of mirror like this like friends by circumstance thing that i feel like happens a lot as children like you mm. you're your best friends with like your neighbors or like the people you go to school with or whatever but you don't always necessarily have a lot in common with them just like shared experiences and like being a child or whatever or like rebelling against parents like you learn to find things in common but not necessarily like 
personality traits or like interests or whatever. And I, I thought they portrayed that really well where it's like they become best friends and then Lucas starts becoming really good friends with this, this girl, Julia, who shows him about astronomy and like maybe that's what he wants to do now with his life and he wants to go to school and he doesn't have any interest in that. And then like learning to reconcile their differences while still letting him go off to like do what he wants to do and become the person he's gonna become but i think like capturing that like short-lived friendship maybe like meaningful but short-lived friendships that lack like shared interests but have shared experiences i thought that was interesting i totally agree with that and i think i actually i did cry at the end of this movie i'm a bit I'm a bit of a weeper um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was that moment where you know you realize that um, Luke is going to go to school and Alberto Alberto to me seems to be the one who kind of recognizes what you just said which is like you know they're sort of moving in these different directions and hopefully they'll still have a friendship going forward but they also had this very brief intense period of friendship and I thought that was very sweet and moving um, I think in general like those kind of farewells when they're um represented in, in, in stories and movies like definitely tends to get to me um and I thought it was really cool to see that again like um shown in a movie geared towards kids because I think almost everyone has to have experienced something like that um yeah, yeah again a conscious choice on the part of the filmmakers because you have this other friend and they bond over an actual shared interest as opposed to like building things and, and jumping off of things um not that that isn't also right. like a, a valid form of friendship and I also think to me like those sure. kinds of friendships that you have for a short period and then maybe they like fade out I think maybe this is personal but like I do see that kind of recurring like throughout life and not just in childhood like you have friendships that occur because of certain circumstances and then circumstances change throughout um our lives i agree i mean that's what like got me too i think was like yeah that this is like temporary and like impermanent this friendship mm -hmm. and like they realized that they needed to kind of move on from each other to like mm -hmm. grow like that theme really touched me and i think that's mm -hmm. like the strongest parallel really to call me by your name is this like impermanence of a relationship i don't know i think that's like a just a really beautiful yeah. theme like knowing that something's gonna end and knowing you kind of need, need to move on or separate to like continue on or like what's best for yourself but to still do it anyway um that's like really powerful i think and, yeah I, this ending also kind of got me <laughs> i was <laughs> yeah I, I feel you <laughs> <laughs> so kind of starting to wrap up the conversation do you think you'll re-watch this movie that's a good question um i feel like it's definitely one i i would see myself like recommending to others um and potentially re-watching but I think not for a while because going back to like earlier points in our discussion like I'm not sure how many like wow moments there were that I really feel motivated to like watch again and I think the main one would actually be the ending but I feel like as a whole it kind of did what it said on the tin basically it didn't like take me to too many like heights of emotion or like do so much spectacularly visual that um I felt I feel like yeah I need to go back to it anytime soon how about you <laughs> yeah I I don't think I'll rewatch this that quickly but I think I would and, and like if someone had it on or like was like I really want to watch this movie I'd be like yeah, yeah all right let's yeah. do it like I, it's very watchable and like it 
I like a lot of the themes it explores. I think there's the dream sequences that we talked about were like visually interesting and like there's there's enough there that you can like get a lot out of it. And if you haven't seen as many movies, like I think if you're a child <laughs> seeing this, I, th- I think you'll get a lot more out of it because it's like, whoa, like this is the first time, <laughs> you know, um, I think this yeah. is, as an adult, you get a little bit less out of it than even some other Pixar movies. Yeah. But I think that's okay. And <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, it's a good movie. I think uh, I, I've heard like, this is like low key, like a masterpiece from people before, like going into this movie, um, yeah. which is like <laughs> funny to think now, but um, I've heard like going into some people, I think do think this is like one of the best Pixar movies. So like, what do you think about that? And where do you think it stands up to like other Pixar movies, I guess. I do probably prefer it to a lot of Pixar movies because I do really like the themes, the setting. um, And I think it does what it does pretty well. Um, But I also just, I don't see it being like a masterpiece or like truly excelling in the ways that I look for in these films. And I think like, I'm like struggling, I guess, to put into words like why other films are better than this one. But I would go back to what I think I said at the beginning, which is like the ones that I love the most are the ones that really make me laugh. Like, I think that's a really hard thing to do. I don't know if it's just that I'm older now (laughs) and not a child. But when I think about like The Incredibles and Monsters, Inc., I think like I grew up with those and I think they therefore taught me like a little bit about what I like in a movie. Um, And I think they had a a bit more of a sense of like absurdity and humor. Um, And this one is about like uh, bloody mermaids and it it could have gone a bit further, I think if it wanted to in that direction um, and and did at certain moments. Um, But yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm rambling. (laughs) How about, how about you? Top top Pixar movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Um, I'll be doing like a kind of a Pixar, like best of Pixar when the new one comes out too. Oh, yeah. So we'll kind of see where it all lands, like the more I think about it. But for right now, like it's solid. It's like definitely like mid tier, I think. Like it's, yeah. it's serviceable <laughs> and like enjoyable. I like love the influence of like real culture. I like, I like when the movies kind of stay a little more grounded, like a turning red or a ratatouille Mm -hmm. or like, like I think like the, the worlds that they invent are kind of interesting too, but like, yeah, I like the ones where they incorporate real things into it. And I love like the Italian culture um, represented in this movie and like, yeah. And like as much as we talked about it and like whether it's existent or not, like I think like the fact that there is like a queer read of this movie is interesting and like will make me does make me like the movie more and yeah want to rewatch it more but it's it's pretty good you know it, it, it in terms of like longevity i don't know if it's gonna have the lasting impression that like a finding nemo did i'd be curious yeah. to know like what kids think about this the other thing is like this movie is like was the most stream movie of 2021 when it came out which is oh. fascinating to me because i didn't know anyone that's like really seen this <laughs> like and maybe that's just because it's my demographic and like my age group or whatever but yeah this movie was real like everyone's seen this at least like children or like oh. american families <laughs> that's um, so interesting because i was thinking like actually like oh it's a shame that this movie you know didn't come out in theaters or whatever like i wonder how many people actually know about it but um yeah i guess it did come out during the pandemic so actually like probably a lot of people know about it um yeah because it, w- it was released straight to disney plus yeah so mm-hmm. but yeah it's interesting because yeah i feel like 
the movies that came out on Disney Plus, like Onward and Turning Red and this one, um, and Lightyear, I guess, too, all kind of like went under the radar. Like, I feel like they don't have the same like impact that some of the older Pixar movies, like even Soul did, which I guess that was also a Disney Plus one. But like, I don't know. I just feel like the cultural footprint of, of Pixar is like dissipating. And but clearly not because it's also like these are some of the most streamed movies apparently and i yeah yeah that's very interesting (laughs) yeah yeah it's just interesting but do you have any other kind of closing thoughts about the movie before before we wrap up i think i've probably said my fill um i do think there's something about a movie that gets theatrically released that seems to mean that it inherently becomes a bit more part of the culture um but i also wonder if this is also just like you described it a bit of a mid-tier um Pixar and maybe that's just what it always would have been but I think yeah. it's it's very nice to find out that like a lot of people have seen it because I think it deserves to be seen um definitely yeah I was actually also pleasantly surprised to be like oh, oh yeah I'm glad this movie actually did well with with yeah. families and stuff like I think it might also just be like our demographic because I think right when when <laughs> movies do well in theaters I think people our age notice more that leaves a more like cultural impact mm. for like us because uh, at least I go to the theater a lot like I, I value doing that and if it goes mm. on uh, t- straight to a streaming I will kind of watch it later but a lot of people in the country do the opposite <laughs> and yeah. don't go to theaters and mm. once it goes on streaming they'll watch it and so it's probably turned a lot more people on to Pixar movies than maybe if it went into theaters I don't know but nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our conversation on Luca. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Zoe. Oh, thank you, Nick. This is great. This is a lot of fun. I hope I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> oh my god, no, not at all. Yeah, thank you for like calling in from the UK and talking about oh, like a yeah. silly Pixar movie with me. <laughs> this is really fun. Um, yeah, this is great. So yeah, we'll be doing one more Pixar movie coming next week for another episode. I think we're gonna do Toy Story four, and then we'll uh, the week after that will be the new. Pixar movie Elemental um, and we'll kind of I've, I've been watching uh, all of the Pixar movies chronologically because I'm crazy and I, I also haven't seen like a handful of them so yeah th- this is this is why I'm kind of doing all of this but um, yeah there's only like a few more that I haven't seen so um, wow looking... yeah I haven't seen Toy Story 4 um, yeah haven't seen it yeah I think I'm still a bit of the mindset that that franchise ended <laughs> it's like frustrating to me that they like resurrected it but I'll be curious to hear your take on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really? maybe the, the best Toy Story. I don't know no, where I'm, they I'm always say that. They always, every, there's like bands for each Toy Story movie, which I think is pretty True. cool. Like, I feel like there's yeah. people who will argue two is the best, three is the best. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> they, I mean, they're all really good. I, I have high expectations, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah that kind of wraps up another episode of so what do you think Uh, thank you for listening and yeah we'll have another episode coming next week so stay tuned for that peace